welcome to this episode of The Complete Interpreter, the new podcast from me, The Interpreting Coach. Many of you will know my real name, which is Sophie Llewellyn-Smith. This podcast is about everything that makes you into a successful interpreter, improving your interpreting skills, improving your mindset, and improving your marketing. Today, I thought that we would talk about interpreting skills and a particular subset of those skills, namely consecutive. Now, the reason I've chosen to talk about this is because during the pandemic, a lot of working patterns shifted and many of my colleagues from Brussels suddenly found that they had to do consecutive, which they hadn't been doing for years That's because 99% of the meetings in Brussels at the European institutions are in simultaneous. But new ways of working had to be developed during lockdown uh, when there was a lot of turbulence. The delegates weren't always present. The institutions were not yet used to working with RSI platforms. In short, many of my colleagues found themselves doing consecutive over WebEx or something like that for the first time in 10 years or 20 years. And they found this incredibly stressful. So I thought I would talk today about reviving rusty note-taking skills. And by the way, it's not just a pandemic that can make this relevant. It's also if you're preparing for an exam. I have several coaching clients, for example, who have an accreditation test coming up. And for that test, they have to do consecutive even though they know that in real life they will hardly ever be called upon to do consecutive. Another reason why you might want to brush up rusty skills is simply if you find that in your day-to-day work you do a lot of simultaneous and very little consec, and it is just a stressful exercise when you're called upon to do it. Or maybe you actually refuse assignments and refuse contracts because you don't think your consecutive note-taking skills are up to scratch. So let's get right down to the nitty-gritty and talk about refreshing your consecutive interpreting skills. Now, I think this is a little different from trying to get back into simultaneous after a long pause. For me, if I can draw some analogies, I would say the simultaneous is a bit more like riding a bike, that you can't ever really forget how to do it. And as soon as you get back on the bike, after a few minutes or a few hours, you're into it again. A sort of muscle memory takes over and you remember how to do it. And the problem then is simply that your reflexes are a little bit slower than they used to be, perhaps. And also in simultaneous, one of the biggest problems is not so much to do with you forgetting simultaneous technique, but with your passive languages Having declined, you've basically forgotten some of your C language. It's gone down to a deeper level of your memory. It's harder to bring back up to the surface. We all know that when it comes to languages, it's use it or lose it. So I see simultaneous, as I said, a little bit like riding a bike. Consecutive, I think, is different. I'm sure one could come up with many analogies I think maybe one that works for me is taking up an instrument again after a long time. It takes a little bit longer for everything to become 
smoother and automatic again than riding a bike or uh, getting in a swimming pool after two years of not swimming. Consecutive isn't like that. You have to shake off a lot more of the rust, I think. And that's because there is a certain technique to note-taking, which for many people also involves the use of symbols. And that technique can become very well anchored for you if you've practiced it intensively at a particular point in time. But then it does take time, if you're trying to revive it, to get back to the level of competence that you once had. Here are some of the typical problems for people who are trying to refresh a rusty consecutive. They've simply forgotten many of the symbols that they used to use. That's pretty common. Also, I find that often uh, the interpreter is less able to deal with speed. They're just not used to analyzing quickly and noting quickly, and they don't have those automatic reflexes for what symbol you use for a particular concept or how you lay out your notes on the page so that they make sense to you immediately when you see them. So symbols is one problem, speed is another, and then lacking confidence in the delivery. Those interpreters are perhaps very used to sitting behind a pane of glass in a simultaneous booth. Maybe some of them are even working from home now. And so the kind of exposure that you have when you do consecutive has become alien to them and their delivery lacks oomph and lacks confidence and often they don't make enough eye contact. So those are some of the potential problems. How can you approach reviving your rusty consecutive? Well, one important point I want to make is don't relive the past. There's no point crying over spilled milk, if you like. There's no point dwelling on the fact that you used to be able to do this really well or uh, you used to have hundreds of symbols and now you can't remember them or you used to have a really confident delivery uh, and now you're hesitant or you're taking longer than you would like. There is no point trying to relive the past, go back to the past uh, or, or have regrets about the fact that you haven't kept up your consecutive. So I think it's important to start where you are and accept that the way that you do consecutive in future, or to use a very modern phrase, which I hate, going forward, may be different from how you used consecutive in the past. For example, you may not be able to maintain the same repertoire of symbols. Perhaps when you were learning interpreting at interpreting school, you did it for a whole year. And so maybe you got really familiar with your symbols and you were able to maintain a large number of symbols in your repertoire because you were using them constantly. If you know that you are only going to be doing consecutive once every three months, don't even aim for having a repertoire of thousands of symbols because you won't be able to keep them fresh enough in your memory. And then you'll always have this problem of, oh, I thought I had a symbol for that, but I can't remember what it is. Or you write a symbol down in your notes and then you can't reread it. So don't relive the past. Think about your circumstances now. It may be that you will have fewer symbols. 
you probably have a much better idea now of which symbols are going to be useful for you because you know what kind of meetings you do. So you can be very targeted with those. And the other point is that as an older and more experienced interpreter, you can be cannier and you can fill in some of the problems with your technique, if there are problems, or uh, the fact that you don't always have symbols and abbreviations. You can compensate for that with the fact that you are more knowledgeable. For example, you have more general knowledge about the world, or you have more knowledge of politics, or you have more knowledge of your subject area. For example, if you are um, an in-house interpreter for a car manufacturer, you probably know an awful lot about cars. Uh, so that means that you can both fill in the blanks, but also be really targeted with your symbols. You might prepare a list of symbols that relate specifically to cars. And that's something that when you are learning to interpret and you're a student, you can't necessarily do because you don't know what kind of job you're going into. So those are a couple of general tips. Now, more specifically, how to go about refreshing the consecutive. Where do you start? The first thing I would advise anybody to do is to go back to basics and review the basic principles of note-taking technique. It may be that you'll pick up some new tricks, even if you were very well taught and you understood those principles really well. Or it may be that you didn't receive very good teaching in note-taking skills. I know a lot of interpreters who, when they were students, were not even taught by fellow interpreters. They were taught by linguists of some kind or translators, and they weren't really given a solid framework for taking notes. So I think it's, it's really worth going back over those principles. And there are many ways to do that. Perhaps the most... Um, I was going to say the most obvious. <laughs> the one I would recommend is going and having a look at Andy Gillis's book about consecutive interpreting, because Andy is so clear in how he lays out the principles, so lucid, but also he's quite concise. So it's not like three weighty tomes of an encyclopedia that you have to wade through. You get some really practical advice that you can then build on. That would be my recommendation for going over the basics of note-taking technique. And then, in your shoes, if I were trying to refresh my consecutive, I would start again with slow, short speeches. To build confidence and also to build or rebuild automatic reflexes. Because if you jump straight into really fast, difficult speeches there's a chance that you will become demoralized and dwell on all the things that you can't do instead of the things that you can do. So go back to the beginning, start with slow, short speeches, have a think about uh, which symbols are going to be useful to you and rebuild those automatic reflexes. And then you can work up to longer speeches and faster speeches. Something else I want to advise you to do is to practice regularly. <laughs> and if you've lost your consecutive skills, it's probably because you just haven't done consecutive for ages. But unfortunately, consecutive is one of those things that I think you have to practice regularly in order to keep a basic level of competence. One of the advantages of being a trainer like me is that I note take all the time. Not because I'm interpreting in consecutive 
uh, when I'm on assignment, but because of my students and my coaching clients. And that means that my note-taking skills are always up to scratch, even if the delivery hasn't been done for a long time. So practice regularly. Don't leave it too many days or certainly not too many weeks before you practice a consecutive and make it fun. Get a practice partner. Go to a practice group that will allow you to do some consecutive. It's always good to have that interactive element, uh, partly because you can get constructive feedback from somebody else and partly because comparing notes is one of the most valuable things that you can do. That way you can see how somebody else has taken their notes, how they've laid them on, out on the page, or what symbols they've used, etc. My final point is that the basis of a good consecutive, the basis of any interpreting, but the basis of a good consecutive is analysis. You have to be able to decide while you're listening whether it's a main point or secondary information, whether you're going to even write it down, and if so, how, in what order, with what layout. Uh, can you leave something out because it's trivial? If the speaker's very fast and dense, how are you going to manage that? What tone does the speaker have, and do you need to reflect that on the page? So there's a myriad um, split-second decisions when you're listening that are very important to how you take the notes and how much those notes will help you when you are then delivering the speech. So make sure your analysis skills are up to scratch. Uh, because consecutive and interpreting in general are not just to do with can you talk and listen at the same time or can you write things down very quickly. They are to do with analysing the speaker's intentions so that you can convey that message. I hope you found today's episode useful. I will finish with a very quick rundown of some resources or some opportunities for you if you want to refresh your consecutive. I've already mentioned Andy Gillis's book and you can find that in the show notes. If rather than self-training, you would find it more motivational and more helpful to work with other people or in a practice group, for example, why not go and have a look at David Violet's practice group? He's based over in the US, uh, so that time zone might suit you. Or you might do better with a practice group in Europe in which case I can suggest to you my consecutive club, which takes place live on a Monday at 1pm CET. And there we usually talk about a particular note-taking challenge, like how do you deal with idioms or how do you deal with figures or uh, how do we mark the separation of ideas in our notes. And then I will give a couple of practice speeches in English. I put people in breakout rooms to interpret them and then we have a brainstorming session about symbols, so you can get plenty of symbol ideas. If you prefer the self-paced, self-study approach, I also have a collection of um, modules called Consecutive Clinic. I will put all of those references in the show notes. And one last one I wanted to mention is that there are quite often refresher courses one that I could mention is Helen Campbell's refresher courses, which are run through AIC, normally for two or three days. And Julia Poga also ran 
uh, a consecutive refresher course recently. So do have a look at the AIC information about upcoming courses. And all the people I've mentioned are people that you could follow on LinkedIn, for example, to find out when they're next doing something uh, that you might be interested in to help you refresh your consecutive skills. That's it for today. I hope you found today's episode of the podcast interesting. Do please send me your comments or questions by email at info at com, And I would love to hear what you would like me to talk about next. So let me know. Will it be something about interpreting skills or something about mindset or marketing? Do please email me and let me know. Bye. Bye.